Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Team Europe extends its lead early as Stefano Tsitsipas fought off Nick Kyrgios and kept the crowd at bay. Then it was Sasha Zverev proving too tough for John Isner. Team Europe with a 7-1 lead as we get ready for night two at the TD Garden in Boston. It's such a great city and obviously there's, there's so much history. So many historical events have taken place there. Kyrgios is a big Celtics fan. It's going to make it real special for him. NBA is a massive part of my life and, and how I act. I modeled myself around some of these great champions. We all know what the Patriots have done in that incredible sports town, especially as of late. They have dominated. I mean, the Red Sox finally broke their curse. The Bruins have been excellent. Great hockey team. You know, they've challenged my favorite hockey team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, for many years. A lot of pain for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's been a lot of tough, tough losses to Boston. Unbelievable basketball play there. It's historic. I mean, the Celtics are one of the greatest franchises in the entire world. I wouldn't be surprised if emotions hit me when I'm getting announced. To walk out into an environment like that after everything I've been through is pretty special. The City of Champions welcoming tennis's best and brightest stars to town. Welcome to TC Live at the Labor Cup. It's our pregame show to get you ready for the night session. On day two in Boston, the fans have had a lot to cheer about so far today, especially if they're European. Stefano Tsitsipas taking out Nick Kyrgios in straight sets, and then Sasha Zverev 10-5 in a match tiebreak. Team Europe 7-1. Over Team World entering night two, we've got Medvedev, Shapovalov, then Isner Kyrgios battling Rublev and Tsitsipas as we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica. Steve Weissman back with my friends Chanda Rubin and Nick Monroe. Team World had high hopes coming into today. They won the doubles at the end of the night one, but they could not build on that momentum, Chanda. Yeah, I mean, the doubles was important yesterday just to give them, make, let them make a stand kind of in terms of the score. But you knew it was going to be tough today with the matchups, with how well some of the players on Team Europe have been playing. And Stefano Tsitsipas right out of the gate mm. really, you know, kind of shutting down the chances of Nick Kyrgios and, and kind of set the tone for the day. It was a great match and followed it up with that great Isner match as well, but just came up a little bit short. Yeah, I mean, again, we just have to see the glass half full here. You know, obviously, Isner and Chapo played an unbelievable doubles match with Isner kind of taking over last night, and they want to see the momentum kind of leading into today. Hasn't quite happened yet, but there's still a lot of tennis to be played. Roger Federer is going to take us behind the scenes of the Labor Cup later on TC Live, but Tennis Channel's own Andy Roddick in the house. He had the best seat in the house today, right next to Federer hanging out in Boston. How about that? Love the scenes. They got a huge ovation from the crowd. It was tough to tell whether it was Roger or Andy who they were cheering for, but both of them giving a little wave. Nice to see them kind of getting back together under maybe better circumstances for Andy Roddick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not in a Grand Slam final or semifinal. <laughs> you could see both of those guys being captains of the Labor Cup in the future, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think Andy would love to do that, right? I mean, he loves to be just on the court, like you said, not playing against Roger, but helping uh, the other players and whatnot. So that would be something we'd love to see. All right, here is a quick refresher if you are just joining us for the first time during the Labor Cup to get you caught up on what this amazing event is all about. The Labor Cup is named in honor of the greatest tennis player of the 20th century, Australia's Rod Rocket Labor. Tennis superstars from Europe team up to take on their counterparts from the rest of the world. Rivals become teammates. Each team is made up of six players. Three of the six earn an invitation based on their ATP singles ranking, and the other three players are captain's picks. Matches are the best of three sets with ad scoring. In the event of split sets, the third set will be a 10-point tiebreak. 
matches are worth one point on day one, two points on day two, and three points on day three. The first team to reach 13 points will be the winner. If it's tied after all 12 matches are played, a final decider match will determine the champion. So it's time to choose a side. The best on the planet. Rivals last week, teammates this week, all vying for the greatest trophy in team tennis, the Labor Cup. The fourth edition in Boston. And guess what? Team Europe entered the day with a 3-1 lead. But as you just heard, all matches today were two points. So Team World could tie it up right out the gate. Nick Kyrgios says he enjoys this event more than any other all season. He had never lost to Stefano Tsitsipas in his career, Chanda. Yeah, it was a tough one, though, right out of the gate because Tsitsipas was ready. He knew this was going to be a tough matchup, especially with how much respect Kyrgios has for this event. Tsitsipas playing in all areas of the court, getting the early break there. And that was crucial. Again, using the forehand, dictating, taking over the middle of the court. And I was just impressed with the movement, the court coverage of Stefano Tsitsipas. He took the play at the net when he had opportunities. Off returns, he was so good. He was able to break a couple of times. That was huge. And look at that passing shot out of the corner, getting such good spin, addressing the ball beautifully. And he just played Tsitsipas confident tennis. And in the end, it was just too much for Kyrgios to try to overcome. We saw flashes from Kyrgios, which is what we are used to. But in the end, it was just too solid from Tsitsipas. Had opportunities, saved all six break points he faced and spoke to Jason Goodall after the match. What adjustments did you have to make today to get the win? Well, I was really pumped. You know, first of all, I was, uh, had a team behind me backing me up and, uh, you know, the, their energy, it is important. Um, you know, coming, coming in with a negative record, um, you know, of course you want to change that and, uh, uh, you know, get a win at least, which I'm very happy with today. It, it took a lot of uh, hard work and it took a lot of dedication during that match. So uh, I'm pretty pleased with, uh, with the outcome of it. And uh, uh, it was quite nerve-wracking as well. Um, and uh, I, did, I did find ways to, uh, uh, to close it um, uh, with the best possible way. So Team Europe with a 5-1 lead after this match. The crowd was ready to explode. Nick needed to get one of those break points. How did Tsitsipas hold him off? Yeah, I mean, those second serve points won by Kyrgios, only 47%. You would like to see him be a bit more aggressive, especially on an indoor hard court. Look to step up in the court, maybe take some time away, and maybe come to the net a little bit more. Only 7 to 13 times coming to the net. You know, you see Tsitsipas coming in 25 times. So on an indoor hard court, you want to come forward, put some pressure on your opponent, especially against Tsitsipas, maybe to the backhand. But today, Tsitsipas was just too good. What did it mean to stop that momentum of Team World right out the gate? Could have been tied 3-all, instead 5-1. Well, we heard Tsitsipas talk about how nerve-wracking it is. Mm. First match of the day, you want to win badly. We've talked about how, how all these players have approached this event. And you could see Tsitsipas really focusing on playing a good match. The winner's ton force errors. He was so clean, even while being aggressive um, during the course of play. He stayed focused and locked in. It was a fantastic effort. Yeah, he, t he talked about how much hard work it took to beat Nick Kyrgios. He had never beaten him before. So, you know, as a, as a pro athlete, you have to work so hard to beat these top pro athletes. So he knew that coming in, and he put all the effort he needed to, now winning his 51st match, the most in the ATP this year. I mean, that's incredible stuff. Listen, it's going to be tough for Team World because all six of the guys on Team Europe are top ten players. Could John Isner, who won in the doubles yesterday, get a win in singles? He has beaten... Sasha Zverev at the Labor Cup. Did that two years ago, Nick. First set would go to a tie break. Yeah, I mean, this was a must win, you felt like, for Team World. But Zverev was up to the challenge. Isner's actually was up a little mini break in the tiebreaker, but wasn't able to pull that off in the first set. And we see Isner playing the aggressive tennis that he needs to play, especially on an indoor hard court. But Zverev was just too quick up to the ball, was showing why he's number four in the world with that grit and determination. And he had his whole team behind him, as you can see there. Zverev was... was 80% second serve points one, which was huge for him as well. But serving big, coming forward, but Isner able to come up with a few timely passes himself to give himself a set point here. And then this T-serve, no one's going to touch that unless you stand over there and wait for it. But look at the energy from John Isner to take this into a match tiebreaker. But then Zvera was just too good with the movement of the big man, just able to come forward and showing what it takes to go up early here in this breaker. 
And then a lot of his teammates were talking about on the serve, step back, don't stand so close to the baseline. And it paid off there on that return, hitting a winner. And then here was match point. And that was the dagger, it seemed like, for Team World in this match. After the match, Sasha Zverev giving some insight to Jim Courier. We saw your entire team come off the bench to help uh, Captain Borg give you some support and advice. What did they tell you? Yeah, I mean, my entire team was telling me to step back on, on, on the returns. Then Roger is behind me telling me to step in on the returns. And then I was confused uh, at the end. No, in the end, I mean, I, I, I didn't know who to listen to. Either I listened to eight people on the bench or I listened to 20 Grand Slams over there. So I was like, I have to. <laughs> I mean, how about that? You, you've got your guys on the bench coaching you. And then you got that guy. You got Roger Federer. Team Europe is everywhere. Look, They've infiltrated Boston. I mean, it's incredible. You got a lot of Grand Slams to choose from in terms of listening. And certainly, who would go against listening to Roger Federer, who didn't want to take any of that smoke, right? But, but it was great that uh, Zverev came through in the end. I mean, it was so clutch, and he was impressive the way he held his nerve, his serve held up under pressure. It was, it was incredible. And the atmosphere, I mean, you mentioned, uh, Nick, while we were watching it, how um, John Isner was just so pumped and he was so into it. It started with the doubles yesterday and he brought the energy, but Zverev matched him. Yeah, I mean, it was chilling watching the atmosphere there from the crowd in Boston, but Zverev was just able to hang in there, not really focus on the crowd. He was focused on his game plan and obviously stepping back on the return was not what uh, Federer told him to do, <laughs> but it ended up working. He had some timely great second serve returns, getting the ball down on Isner and then was able to come up with some great passing shots. So Zverev played amazing tennis there at the end. It was a couple years ago that Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal were coaching <laughs> Sasha Zverev yeah. before that big match at the end on yeah. day three to win it yeah. all. Sasha reportedly said yesterday after losing the doubles, we're not going to lose another point. That was supposed to motivate Team World. He's backing it wow. up right now. He is. And, you know, you look at how they are getting through these matches. I mean, these are intense, pressure-filled situations. They aren't just blowouts. They're not, you know, routine type of wins. Sitsipas was probably the most routine we've seen um, overall. But, you know, it has been incredibly tough, and they are getting it done. These are tremendous confidence-boosting matches. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be incredible the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, against these top players in the world, number two, three, four in the world that team – world is having to play against against Team Europe. I mean, you have small chances and opportunities to take them, but right now Team World's coming up with the goods when they need to. 7-1, and we haven't even seen the U.S. Open champion, the number two player in the world, Daniil Medvedev. We will see him later tonight. That is the match that's coming up. Daniil Medvedev, Denis Shapovalov, 2-1 Shapo, but they haven't played since 2018, and Medvedev, uh, he's been to three major finals since then, including he is a Grand Slam champion now. Still to come on TC Live, we will debate it. Should there be coaching in tennis? Serena Williams about to turn the big 4-0, and Roger Federer taking us behind the scenes of the Labor Cup in Boston. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us right here. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Tanda Nick Steve back on TC Live. A reminder, one of the biggest tournaments of the year. Back with a special autumnal edition for the first time. Tennis Channel has exclusive live coverage of the BNP Paribas Open. First ball through the singles finals. All the best ATP and WTA action from Indian Wells, California begins Wednesday, October 6th. Cannot wait to get back out there. Over in Metz, France earlier today, Hubie Hercotch looking to make his third final of the year, taking on German qualifier Peter Goyavchek. Yeah, Peter Goyavchek was coming in red hot, made the round of 16 U.S. Open, qualified here after winning two matches to get in and is now ranked 87 in the world. But Hercotch had different ideas winning this first set 
He had seven aces at Hubie Hurkacz, was winning 79% of his first serve points won. And you see him just using his legs in the defense in this point. Hurkacz is a great aggressive baseliner, but look at the defense that he's playing here. And then this little flick of a passing shot from Hubie Hurkacz is just too good. And you know his coach Craig Boynton will be happy with that. And then Frigo Yawchik just too much with the double fall. Hurkacz will be moving on to the final. Third final of the year. He is 2-0 in finals so far this year. Nice shout-out for Coach CB. Who will he meet? Gal Malfis hoping to reach his first final since Rotterdam 2020. Pablo Carino Bustachanda in his seventh semifinal of the season. Yeah, he's had some terrific milestones this season, Carino Busta, and that one gave him the break, allowed him to serve for the first set. And he just withstood the barrage early from Monfils, who got up in this first set, 17 aces over the course of the match, but that did not matter. Carino Busta so solid behind returns. He got a lot of balls back. Second set went to the tie break, but again, Monfils missing up at the net, and that nice. set up match point for Carino Busta. Those are the shots that you kind of have nightmares about at the end of, after a match is done. But for Carino Busta, this is a staple of his game, and he did. So our final, it's all chalk. 1v2. Pablo Carino Busta, Hubert Hercotch, PCB beat Hercotch in Cincinnati this year in two tie breaks. Both guys looking for their third title of the season. Carino Busta said that the first practice he had at the tournament was with Hercotch 8 a.m. on Monday. So a pleasure to play him again in the singles final. How interesting is that? Yeah, that's too good. I mean, obviously, to play in any final, you're going to be excited about that. But, you know, as players, they practice together. But, yeah, this will be two aggressive baseliners playing against each other. And the defense will be so much fun to watch. But it'll be who comes to the net the most, I think, that's going to win this match. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Hercotch hits the ball big. He's got a big serve. He can win free points. Uh, Pablo Carreño Busta has to work a little bit harder. He wants to extend the rally. So we'll see what comes to bear a little more often if Hercotch can hit big with the consistency that he showed and getting some a big title, a couple of titles already this year. Uh, I think he'll have the advantage, but PCB, he is tough. And he he's a bronze tough. medalist now, so <laughs> he's right. feeling himself. Got some serious confidence. He's feeling some vibes. Yes. <laughs> you know the vibes. <laughs> we do. There's some good vibes. You know, Strava as well as we take a look at the semifinals earlier today. The top seed, Iga Spiontek, has never lost a tour-level semifinal in her career Maria Sakri, we told you, oh for her last nine, but she had to throw those numbers out today. Yeah, Sakri was on a mission to turn that stat around. She's had a terrific year, a couple of semifinals at majors, so you know you can't complain about getting to a semi, but for Sakri, she's been hitting big off the forehand in particular, and then the drop shot. It's tough to guard against both, and once she took that first set, Sakri, she was able to relax a little bit more, but Spiontek didn't go away. This was a hard-fought battle. And again, soccer using the forehand, getting the winner there. This is an almost two-hour match, but it was soccer just not letting up too much pressure in the end. And she gets into her first final since 2019. And she went on to win that final, her only title in Morocco. Can she go two for two? Maria Sakri making the final one nearly 80% of her points after that first serve. Who will she meet? Petra Kvitova beat Annette Contevate during title runs in Madrid, Stuttgart, Doha this year. But the Estonian has won her past four tour-level semifinal matches now. Yeah, Contevate got off to a quick start. She had some incredible movement in this match, and she was just staying on the baseline. She has a new coach, Dmitry Torzinov, ever since Cincinnati. They've been really working hard on her just to stay on the baseline, stay aggressive. And also in this match, Contevate won 11 of 11 of her second points won. So she was defending her second serve extremely well. And you see her ability to stay on the baseline there to push her opponent around a little bit more and not pushing her through to the final. Contevate wins over Paula Bedosa, Belinda Bencic, now Kvitova. She won 11 of her last 12 matches, ninth career final. It's all set up. Sakari and Contevate, they are good friends off the court. We will see who wins. Sakari, by the way, congratulations. Going to make her top 10 debut next week. Still a lot to get to. Top of the hour. We are just 40 minutes away from the night session. Day two. Who is going to take advantage between Daniil Medvedev and Denis Shapovalov? Oh, Team World needs a victory. We're going to celebrate Serena Williams' birthday a day early when we come back.
Welcome back. Boston knows how to party. The city of champions has been breaking out the duck boats quite frequently for parades around Boston Common. Medvedev, Shapovalov coming up top of the hour. Now, there is nothing common about Serena Williams. She's going to have a big party tomorrow. Serena posting this on Instagram, jumping for joy with her daughter, Olympia. John Wertheim going unstrung on the birthday girl. Let's begin by toasting the first 40 years. Serena Williams achieved more before hitting the four-decade mark than any 10 people will accomplish in 10 lifetimes. Serena didn't so much break barriers as she destroyed them, much as she does tennis balls. She authored the most improbable story, never mind sports story, you could ever hope to cook up. She became a wife and a mother, and both an aspirational and inspirational figure to countless fans. And then, of course, there is the bit about her tennis. First breaking through at the 1999 U.S. Open, more than 21 years ago, in the Clinton presidency, she won 23 major titles in all, and that's just singles. Teaming with her older sister, she won 14 major doubles titles as well, to go with Olympic gold medals, the 855 match wins, the 50 other titles not won at majors. We can keep going here. For all those successes, age 39 was a rough tennis year for Serena Williams. No titles, injuries at two of the three majors she entered, ill health that prevented her from playing the U.S. Open in 2021. What will her 41st year bring? The hope for her fans and her motivation for continuing, it's no secret. It's the elusive 24th singles major, which would tie her with Margaret Court for the all-time record. Is it realistic? In January, it will mark five full years since number 23. And common sense would suggest that the older she gets, the more the odds go down. And yet, is it any more unlikely than what happened at the previous major? That is, if a teenage qualifier, ranked outside the top 100, can string together seven main draw wins, can't the most accomplished player of the last half century do the same? So Serena plays on into her fifth decade. Tell 20-year-old or even 30-year-old Serena Williams that she, joining her sister, would still be at it late in 2021, and she likely would have laughed that familiar laugh. We all would have. No one saw this longevity coming. Then again, it prompts the question, since when was any part of this remarkable story ever even remotely predictable? John Wertheim reporting. Happy early birthday, Serena. So, Chanda, what do you think this new year of life has in store for Serena on the court? Well, I think first and foremost, she's got to get healthy, and that has become more of the challenge. And it's one thing that, you know, we've seen over and over with Serena throughout her career, how durable she's been through injuries, coming back, you know, being able to play herself into shape in a tournament. You know, that becomes tougher as you get a little bit older. So hopefully she can get healthy and we will see her back out, you know, maybe at the start of, of you know, 2022. Is that where yep. we are now? It's wow. <laughs> Man, time just goes, Steve. Those COVID years are, are, are <laughs> I, tough to I, I get through. I just feel like sometimes I can erase them a little <laughs> bit. But, but, no, hopefully we see her back out at the beginning. But certainly, you know, if not then, I think she would be looking, you know, towards the summer and working her way th towards Wimbledon. Sure. That's where she could not finish this year. Um, that's so important. I'm curious, Nick, what you think of the point that John brought up. If Emma Raducanu, a, a teenage qualifier ranked outside the top 100, can win a major, why not Serena? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we're not going to put anything past Serena Williams, let's be honest. But again, I agree with you, Sean. It just has to get healthy. And then also, like, hard work breeds confidence. So you need to get healthy so that can, you can work hard and then have that intimidation factor that we're so used to seeing from Serena when she gets on the court and she has that extra fire. She just hasn't been able to have that extra fire because her body hasn't been feeling the best. So once it starts to feel 100% again, then she can intimidate. And, and the goal remains the same, right, Chanda? I mean, it, 24, that's all that matters. Yep. It's the all-time major title list. It, it, it's not about winning random tournaments. It's about this. 
It is, and you know that becomes tougher. But certainly, you know, 23 titles, the most in the open era. The record is already there. So for me, Serena doesn't have to win another major title. But you look at you know some of the others on this list, and they know, they understand how tough it is. Um, as you get older, they've had longevity from Martina Navratilova, Chris Everett to a certain degree. Um, and, and I think for Serena, it's going to be about getting back close to 100% healthy. And then, Nick, as you kind of pointed out, you know, you get that confidence from at least being able to stay out on the court. And that starts on the practice court, if not the match court. Uh, and I think that's where she is right now. No, absolutely. And, and putting family first at the moment and just trying to get healthy. But you need hours on the court. Obviously, she's been playing tennis forever, but you need reps, you need hours, and then that breeds confidence, and that's what we, we got to get back to with Serena. Absolutely. Uh, Chanda, you've got a new podcast called The Goat, Serena. You've had some amazing guests. The, the one that's out right now has uh, Mary Carrillo, Patrick Moradoglu. Uh, what were those conversations like? Uh, I mean, you know, you got to listen to the podcast, Steve. However, I'm trying, yeah, however, I mean, however, however, we'll however, I will say, I mean, it, it was incredible just listening to the different perspectives. Obviously, you know, you mentioned Patrick and, uh -huh. you know, sort of being with her on this journey, you know, the major titles that she's won over the last, you know, seven or eight years he's been there and talking about what that entailed, even the U.S. Open and sort of how all that unfolded. He kind of went into that a little bit and uh, the match against Naomi Osaka. That was interesting just to kind of get a sense for, you know, how the two of them handled that, especially in the aftermath. We talked to Common, who was such a cool conversation, and, and they are still such good friends. Uh, her sister Isha over the course of this. Uh, it, it's just been amazing. And, and then Martina Navratilova, who, mm. you know, talked a good bit about what it's like to kind of be chasing those numbers um, at 18 uh, Grand Slam titles. Martina, she knows a lot about what that's like and played well, you know, into her 40s. Um, and so I think it was interesting. You, you got to tune in, but it was interesting to get the different perspectives. And some of the things we heard were the same but we got some good antidotes as well. Great comments on it. You got Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts was oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, she was fantastic. And, you know, she remembered the first U.S. Open Serena one in 99 yeah. and being mm -hmm. there and having Serena come onto the set afterwards with her trophy. And, you know, she had some really fantastic thoughts about that. Uh, so, yeah, you gotta, gotta tune in. Andy Roddick's on there, too. I mean, we're tuning in right after this segment. I mean, uh, Steve, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm tuning in. The GOAT, yeah. Serena. It, it's Chanda Rubin, Zena Garrison. Yes. Download it wherever get, you get all your podcasts, and it's the GOAT podcast. There it is. Double entendre. There you go. Steve, you know how to set it up. I love it. <laughs> all right, coming up top of the hour, it is night session two from Boston at the Labor Cup. All morning long, we got the chase for the championships. TC Live gets you set for the final day, day three, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. That should be a.m., not p.m. And then, of course, day three from the Labor Cup. High noon tomorrow. We'll be right back. Ruben Monroe Weissman back on TC Live leading up tonight, too, from the Labor Cup. Daniil Medvedev, Denis Shapovalov, Roger Federer. He's not playing the Labor Cup this year, but he put out a post on Instagram saying, you know I wouldn't miss this. The man who helped create this event takes us behind the scenes in Boston. Despite all these top 10 players, all these global superstars that are at the TD Garden, who gets the most applause? 
It's Roger Federer. I mean, every time they put him on the screen, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, I mean, just seeing him there, just getting that energy from him, and of course, is one of the founders of that event, the fact that he made a point, even though he's injured, couldn't play it, he made a point to show up and be there. Tells you how important it is, and the crowd, the fans love that. I mean, the aura of Roger Federer, anytime he walks in the locker room as players, we all just kind of stop and like, okay, which way is he going? What's he doing? <laughs> and we're all just like in awe of him. And obviously we can hit different shots, but he can do everything else. The guy is, and it's amazing how clean he always looks. I mean, the guy is just dapper at all sweat? times. Does he sweat at all? It, like the, I mean, it looks I don't like think he, does he sweats, it. and it's just pure swag. I mean, he's it got is. some serious vibe, you know? Like, <laughs> it's pure swag, and, and he, he's just so comfortable in any yeah. situation. He makes you feel special. He makes you feel like... You're the only person on the planet. And so these guys on Team Europe, they're getting text messages from Roger Federer. They're getting pointers while they're on the court. That's a massive advantage. Yeah, I mean, and it's real. You know, he does that with everybody he meets and certainly, you know, fellow players. He has a level of respect, and I think everybody appreciates that. And even these young players who are trying to do some of the things he's done, trying to win, you know, big titles, you know, having – just being around that, getting a, to, to touch it in a, certain, in a certain way, but also having it be so real and just be the norm, you know, that kind of shows you what you can kind of do in your career, how you can go about things, and I think it motivates you even more. No, absolutely. I mean, he's amazing as far as, like, he does not miss one autograph. I mean, if somebody wants an autograph, he's going to do it. If you want to speak to Roger, he's going to speak to you. And so he's never, he always has time, and, and as a young player, he's the guy to watch. Yeah. To, and, you know, you want to watch Roger Federer and do what he does. Yeah. Emulate Roger Federer. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, he loves tennis. Oh, yeah. If he's not playing, he's watching it. Oh, and yeah. he has been front row for every single match, including last night, the night session on day one. Yeah, he was back there for the doubles, watching Isner and Shapovalov take on Berrettini and Zverev. And this was the only match, Nick, so far that Team World has been triumphant. Yeah, and this was an amazing match. In the beginning, Isner actually got broken in the first game of the match. And Shapo was struggling to really find his form. He was kind of missing some volleys, making some moves at the net, but just taking big cuts, especially on the forehand volley. And on one of the changeovers, he was talking about how it just felt like the court was playing so fast and was taking him a while for him to get his groove. But in the second set, John Isner said, you know what, I'm going to take over. And he started returning unbelievably, serving huge. And that helped Shapo and gave Shapo some confidence to feel like, you know what, maybe we can do this. Then they went into the 10-point breaker, and again, Isner was just taking over, moving at the net every time that he could. I don't think he missed a return in this tiebreaker. They went up 8-0. I thought they were going to skunk him, and then it was 8-1 and then 10-1. And if anything, that gave Shapo so much confidence because he came in not playing great. But look, that's a W that we needed, and obviously with the one point, need to get a few more, but we'll, they'll take that double W. Team Europe will not have a skunk when it comes to the overall <laughs> score at this exactly. point because at least Team World has won. I've never used it in that context, but I like it. Yeah. Skunk them. Yeah. Uh, you never, you never it's like the ping pong. Ping pong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Skunk them 7-0. That's you know? right. Exactly. That's, that's where I've that's gotten right. from yeah. in the yeah. past. But John? I think that doubles, though, was important, even for, for Shapovalov, who you mentioned did not start well, you know, wasn't feeling the ball. So to get some reps to kind of work through a match like that under pressure, he's got a tough one tonight against Medvedev. So hopefully that helps him kind of compete at mm. his best level. But that was a big win last night, even more so when you consider today and how today has gone. John Isner back in doubles later tonight as well. He has never lost 4-0 when it comes to doubles at the Labor Cup. Denis Shapovalov looking to get a big-time win. Night session coming up. Top of the hour. Can he take out your reigning U.S. Open champion? We'll have it live for you right here on Tennis Channel. Back on TC Live earlier this summer, Stefano Tsitsipas tweeted that coaching on every point should be allowed in tennis. Nick Kyrgios responded, I usually don't mind his ideas, but this one is terrible. The legend, Billie Jean King, she's on Team Tsitsipas. Well, here's what some of our Tennis Channel analysts have said on this subject. You know, tournaments 250 and below are still tournaments where there should be some teaching going on. It's where the players that are up and coming are learning how to win matches, learning how to make adjustments. And if we're trying to groom the next round of stars, those are good platforms to do so. I really do think that it's so important for players to figure it out on their own. That's the integrity of our sport. That's the way that we were raised. You know, it's my assets, my best assets, whatever they are, speed, 
serve or lack of serve, the way that I'm able to figure out points on the fly and adjust my tactics, I think that's really important. I kind of think that tennis, one of the reasons I love it so much is that it's individual, is there's no place to hide. There's, you have to center court at Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or in Canada, and you have to figure it out. And, and as a player, I always felt like that was a great part of your learning curve. It should be legal because... At the end of the day, it's happening constantly illegally, and that just advantages the foreign players who are speaking in different languages. We don't know what they're saying, the coaches are saying to the players. It's hard for the umpire to catch it, and so if you just prevent it, it's, it's 100% all the time happening anyway. Might as well make it legal. We are a house <laughs> divided here at Tennis Channel. Some people say there should be coaching. Some people say keep it the way it is. Chanda Rubin, should we allow in-match coaching in our sport? You know, the only real argument that I've heard for coaching is that everybody's doing it illegally, so we should legalize it. It should be okay. And that's the best argument, except I don't agree. I think there should be no coaching. I think that if that's the only argument, then there's no real valid point for it. I certainly, for me personally, have always felt one of the great things about tennis is that you have to work through things on your own. You've got your support. You can look to get encouragement. But in terms of tactics, you have to kind of go through that process under pressure in a match. And I also think we've kind of dabbled in you know, on-court coaching where coaches can come out and, and talk to their players. And it's never great for me. The tennis is yeah. never better after those visits. It often shows more of the, the negatives that you see when players are having to deal under pressure. And I just haven't seen a positive argument for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to agree with you, Shen, on this one. I mean, I think there should be no coaching, mano a mano. If anything, if the coach wants to give notes to the player to read in a notebook, look, these are the things you need to focus on to play this match, the three things you need to focus on that he does what, and what you should do, then I feel like that should be the coaching. And the player can go and look at his notebook on every changeover and then make the adjustments as the match goes on. I mean, that's how you want to develop as a human being, be able to problem solve. And so for me, it's, it's definitely no coaching and you got to figure it out on your own and, and uh, let the cards fall where they may. So if it's happening, like Jeannie says, no matter what, and, and by the way, I don't know that that's a great argument because if everybody's speeding, that doesn't mean you should now allow yeah, you to go over speeding. the speed limit. in Germany. Right. The Autobahn, Autobahn, and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> that said, uh, should umpires crack down on this more and, and, and issue more warnings and then eventually more code conduct? No, absolutely. I mean, I think umpires see coaches in the stands doing certain things, and every now and then you'll see an umpire look at the coach and kind of give him one of these ones and whatever because they actually don't want to call him on it. But... If you start calling them on it and start finding the coach, whether it's a grand or whatever, whatever it might be, then coaches will stop doing it. Yeah. So the more money you start finding a coach, they're going to stop doing it. So I think that, yeah, umpires actually have complete say in this and should start, start uh, cracking down. Yeah, I think one of the biggest changes should be that the coaches should be responsible they're the ones coaching. I mean, whether a player wants it or not, they can't control what a coach is doing in the stands, and that's where it starts. And so I think if you start making it uh, something that is on the coach, they mm -hmm. get the penalty or, you know, they get the warning. They, if they keep doing it, get kicked out. I mean, there's a way to curb this um, that has not been tried yet, but I think that should be the next step. You see, Coach, yellow card, red card. Absolutely. Yeah. Next yeah. match, you can't, yeah. you can't be there. Uh, when you're playing, doubles is a little different because you can coach each other up. Yeah. But how much coaching do you see on the court? I mean, again, I was just talking about the umpire seeing. I, mean, I see it quite a lot. I see it quite a lot in singles and in doubles. But luckily for me, when I'm playing doubles, I mean, we can help each other out as partners and coach each other up. But, yeah, I do see some of the coaches doing something. And I'll speak to the umpire and say, hey, look, this is happening on the sideline. Can you maybe keep an eye on it? And that's when they keep an eye on it. But I think that if you make it a monetary type thing and, and find the coach a certain amount of money, they'll stop pretty quickly. All right. we, 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 we know what we're talking about here. We are not a house divided. We are a TC Live desk that is in unison. Here, so. That's right. No coaching. Figure it out on your own. That's what makes tennis so special. All right, we're going behind the scenes in Boston at the TD Garden. Oh, Roger Federer with John McEnroe. I don't know what to think about this, whether, whether he's going to help Team World or he's, like, infiltrating to then tell Bjorn Borg what's, what's happening. The, the rocket, the namesake, Rod Laver in the house as well. We got Daniil Medvedev, Denis Shapovalov coming up next right here on Tennis Panel.
Nighttime in Boston. We are about 10 minutes away. Talk about rivalries. Red Sox, Yankees, Team World, Team Europe. It is going down. Top of the hour, Labor Cup 2021. Over in Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan. They played in the qualies twice this year. Now they're playing to reach a final. Ilya Ilmatic Ivashka taking on James Duckworth, Nick. Yeah, Ivashka in the green shirt there has now reached a new career high of 45 in the world. He won Winston-Salem, made third round in the Open, and was feeling extreme confidence going into this match. But Duckworth had other ideas about this match. Duckworth lost early at the U.S. Open, but the second week of the U.S. Open, he actually stayed in New York, was training there with Wayne Arthurs, putting in a lot of work, and they've been working on him coming forward quite a bit. So he's been coming in a lot more, playing more aggressively with his forehand, as you can see here, and looking for the right opportunities to dictate from that side. And so it's been an extreme change for him. He used to play a lot more from the baseline, but serving big and just looking to play more aggressive has really paid off for James Duckworth as now he's in his first final there in Astana. Ah, the Aussie has now won his last nine matches at all levels. He was in Istanbul last week, won a Challenger Tour event. Now he's in an ATP final. Who will he meet? Kwon Soon Woo also looking to make his first ACP final, taking on the always entertaining Alexander Bublik, Chandler. Yeah, Bublik got that ace to take the first set. He would have 26 aces, Bublik, over the course of this match. But Kwon withstood the barrage, turned things around at the beginning of the second, got the early break, and started spreading the court, being more aggressive, taking over the middle, and really driving Bublik into more and more mistakes over the course of this match. That was one of them misjudging that ball. And it allowed Quan to get the lead in this third set. And he took advantage of it. A huge win for him getting through to this final. That is some special hair. The lettuce. Two-toned. I love it. Quan Soon Woo. He's into his first career ATP final. We are guaranteed a first career ATP champion. That's good stuff. Guaranteed ninth first time winner this year, Nick. Yeah, we, uh, he works with Daniel Yu in Florida, does Quan. And so we got to talk to Daniel Yu about that hair. That's, that's some intense hair. But hey, if it's, if it, if it's, winning, if it's, if it's winning matches and he's in the finals, keep, keep it up. <laughs> I was distracted for a minute at the end of that highlight. But, you know, you got to go with it. I just know? wish I had hair Thank so you. I could do that. You know, I, I mean, we were talking about skunking. I was kind of a skunking look, looking haircut. But, hey, it's all good. It, for, it's for working. It's it working. is working. It is some good flow. Oh, and he is in the flow right now into the final. Uh, we've got a big event in Chicago, WTA event coming up next week. And there are some big name wild cards making their way to Chicago. We've got Kim Kleisters in the field. We've got Coco Vandeweghe, Haley Baptiste as well, Chan. But how about Kim Kleisters coming back? And she's got a tough first round opponent in Shea Sue. Yeah, all eyes are going to be on Kleister, see how she comes back out. If she's healthy, that's been the struggle, but she still hits the ball so big, so clean, and she's such a draw for any tournament. And this one in Chicago, this will be the third one of the year in yeah. Chicago. Kamal Murray, go get it. Uh, but it's been, it'll be fantastic to see how she comes out and, and how she plays. Yeah, and for me, Caroline Dolheide. I mean, we see her doubles ranking there at 32, but she's got such a big game. I love how big her forehand is, and the, her kick serve is unreal. So I think she can really make a make a good push there. Alina Svitolina is the top seed there in Chicago. Coverage on Tennis Channel starts on Monday. This is our social segment. Kim Kleisters, by the way, great on social media, always giving me the likes on Twitter. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Dominic <laughs> Team, another member of the TC family. He was with us during the U.S. Open, and now part of his family – Jez Green, Nick, what do you what do you make of this? Oh, I mean, Jez Green used to work with Zverev, used to work with Andy Murray, and he loves the 400s. His big thing is let's run 10 400s and let's do it almost every other day. So this guy will be in amazing shape, that's for sure. 10 400s, is that like at one <laughs> I mean, that, time? That, Are you getting breaks you, in between? You run a 400, I mean, you wait a minute, you do it again. Okay, is this an all-out sprint? Oh, yeah, it's an all-out sprint. That's why Andy Murray and Zverev were, were in such great shape. Yeah, My that's, good. that's how you do it. 400, that's one lap around the <laughs> yeah, track, right? Yeah, that's yeah. one lap around that's, the track. That's heavy you run like 20 at a time, don't you see? Yeah, 4,000, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. 10 400s. I'm all in, Jez. Uh, how about this? Uh, Stuart Frazier tweeting out, it looks like players are going to have to sacrifice Christmas Day at home if they want to play the Australian Open. Nick, you, you're going there. What do you think of this? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you might have to have a 14-day quarantine stuck in your room. And if you are vaccinated, you have to be in the room for eight days and can be out six days. So it's going to be interesting. I think with Australia, hopefully they just kind of have a little bit more leeway because this year was not the easiest. We've got a new word there, compromise. Compromise. 
<laughs> but we months. we know we know what, what yeah. they're talking about. I mean, it's been, it's tough. You know, the start of the year, you just wonder kind of how many players will choose to quarantine again. Is it going to be as brutal as it was? You know, last year that was a struggle. Some players saying. They wouldn't do it again, but it's a grand slam. It's a major. Yeah, and so far it's right now, deal. actually, Australian Open, they're talking about if you're not vaccinated, they might even not let you come to Australia. And then if you are allowed to come, you have to stay in the hotel for 14 days straight. So even if you're vaccinated, even if you're vaccinated. If you're vaccinated. So, 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 yeah, it, it, it could be tough. tough. Yeah. They're, they're in another lockdown right now, and the qualies are in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So you have to go to, to Dubai. You have to do that again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's smart, at least to be able to have qualifying, because that was the debate you know, last year or, or earlier this year for the Australian Open, whether they would even have mm. qualifying. So I think it's important to still, you know, hold the qualifying in whichever way you need to. And hopefully things, you know, work out with players moving into Australia. Yeah, I mean, for the main draw players, again, we're talking about how we have to go over there and do this 14-day quarantine, maybe eight in the hotel, six out. But if you're having qualifying, so I'm wondering if you do the qualifying in the Middle East, how is that going to change when you come to Australia? Do you still have to do that 14 days as well? Because you just did, you know, in, in the Middle East. So. So, I would I would imagine so, yeah. but it's they're, they're juggling over there in Australia. Yeah. We've, we've still got some time to figure it all out. <laughs> Craig Tiley does an amazing job. Tennis Australia trying to work with the authorities, the Australian government, to make it easier for the players. And, of course, right here on Tennis Channel TC Live, we will have you up to date with all the latest information. First major of 2022. Casper Ruud, that's the Nick Monroe physio plan, right? Getting those I mean, crunches in. This guy is fit as can be. Look at this guy, Casper Ruud. He's ready, he's ready to get ready to fill in no matter what. Looks like Berrettini was, was taking a nap. He woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Daniil Medvedev, Denis Shapovalov, coming up in moments. We'll get you ready. Neil Medvedev, swaggy. Team Europe, 7-1 right now over Team World. They have been flexing. Stefano Tsitsipas straight sets over Kyrgios. Zverev, 10-5 in the match. Tiebreak against Big John Isner. And tonight, coming up in moments, it is Medvedev, Shapovalov, then Rublev Tsitsipas taking on Isner and Kyrgios. Looking forward to that doubles match. But we got to talk singles. we got to talk what it's going to take, Chanda, for Denis Shapovalov to get two points on the board for Team World against your U.S. Open champion. He's maybe got to hope Medvedev is still a little tired, a little hungover from the U.S. Open, and that big win, I think, for Shapovalov, it's going to be a tall order, and he's got to try to catch up to the pace of the match. I mean, these courts are playing pretty slow, but he still was a little behind at the start of the doubles. Uh, I think with Medvedev, he will have some chances to work his way into the point. He has beaten him in the past, although it's been a, quite a while since they've played. Medvedev is a completely different player. But Shapovalov, he's got to hit big but be consistent, and that's not going to be easy on these courts. You, he's not going to be able to hit winners through Medvedev. So, you know, can he play in the midcourt area? Can he take opportunities to come in, close out points when he has that chance? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he starts. Yeah, it's a tough order. I mean, I think he's got to spread the court on Medvedev, right? I mean, Medvedev stands so far back, and so you got to be able to spread it, use a drop shot. We saw Novak really struggle with the U.S. Open. He didn't know because he couldn't get past Medvedev on the baseline because Medvedev makes so many balls. But for Shapo, he has the tools, so we'll see if he uses the dropper and comes in. The fans are going to be looking forward to that doubles match because you got Nick Kyrgios back on the court, John Isner, who's never lost a Labor Cup doubles who do you think takes it tonight, Nick? I mean, Isner's never lost the Labor Cup doubles. I mean, how, uh, that's amazing <laughs> stuff. And we saw him yesterday completely take over that doubles match. And even Nick Kyrgios came up to Isner and Chapo during the doubles match. They were down a set, 1-2. And Kyrgios came up to them and said, look, make the other team feel you. Show some energy. So I think Nick Kyrgios will be coming out with some serious energy in this doubles match. And the, and the fans will be into it. Look, Team World's down. I mean, we're down 7-1. But I think with the energy, I, I think Isner and Kyrgios can bring out this W. I thought it was interesting. Kyrgios, after the match against Tsitsipas today, said, I'm not going to say it's my last Labor Cup, but I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around tennis in general. Mm -hmm. So it was great. I'm going to take every moment in. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played as much this year, Kyrgios. Yeah. And so, you know, that's been the question in terms of his match fitness and even the motivation he has with everything going on. It's been tough getting in and out of Australia. That has played a part in, in everything. Uh, so for Kyrgios, yeah, we, we kind of wonder. He's had some injury issues as well. 
we are wondering how much longer he will be able to play at a high level, get into tournaments, um, have a chance to contend with the best, because when he is playing his best, he's such an exciting player to watch. You know, he's added such interest to the game. So hopefully he will stick around, you know, quite a bit longer. Team World needs some momentum heading into the final day. Either way, we're going to day three. Team World needs to get some wins. They are down 7-1 right now to Team Europe. It starts with the singles, Daniil Medvedev and Denis Shapovalov, as we take you behind the scenes in the TD Garden. Uh, these folks were going nuts last night. They have been bringing the energy all day, Nick. Yeah, we just hope we get a little bit more energy today, tonight, I mean, for, for Shapo to get this victory and the doubles as well. We need those points, Team World. Yeah, it's worth two points every match. And so, you know, there is still a very good chance. There's a lot of tennis left to be played. But this, this is one of the important matches. And McEnroe is trying to get him in the proper mindset here. Yeah, and we have the uh, Team World's got the three guys that can bring some serious energy. Shapo with, with the flex. Ooh, here is Roger Federer there on, on crutches. Federer. Coming through on the crutches, doing his rehab for that knee as he takes his seat. And then you see Denis Shapovalov, John McEnroe in the foreground. Saw our Jim Courier there as well. Love seeing these behind-the-scenes pictures. Yeah, so cool. Big Riley Opelka, huge part of this Labor Cup, the support of your teammates on the bench, Chanda. Yeah, and, and that's why you see these guys back, backstage here, you know, back of court, you know, just being around Denis Shapovalov, giving him just that little extra support. Even if they're not saying anything, it's the fact that they're all in this together. This is where it's most nerve-wracking. Before you step out there, you want to play well. You're not quite sure where you'll be when the first balls are in the play, but you want to put yourself in the best position. Yeah, and again, you know, tennis, we're always out there alone, right? Singles or doubles, maybe you have your partner, but this is the one team deal, World Team Tennis and Labor Cup, where they can play on a team and have that team camaraderie. So they always want to bring all their energy and put their best foot forward. See Team Europe in front of Team World walking out. It is 7-1 for the Europeans entering the night session here. Night two in Boston, fourth edition of the Labor Cup. Captain Bjorn Borg, undefeated, has never lost a Labor Cup. Daniil Medvedev be playing for the very first time. This is a guy one in two lifetime against Denis Shapovalov. But the last time they met, 2018, Denis should still have some confidence. He's beaten him twice. Daniil Medvedev, as you mentioned, Chad, a totally different player. Yeah, he's now a Grand Slam winner. He is a major champion, Medvedev, and just so comfortable in his game and how he needs to play. Uh, and so, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be a tough out for Shapovalov. All right, Chanda's going to go into the booth, call this match with Brett Haber as we count down tonight, too, at the Labor Cup. Game on.